No mai, haere mai, ki tēnei hōtaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National, Wallace Chatham with you. A 131% rise in physical assaults against staff in the last six months compared to the same time last year. We look at safety in supermarkets just after four. Also, we are coming back to that issue of congestion in Tamaki Makaurau, Auckland, after the three-hour-plus wait to get out of a mall in Newmarket. We talk about that after four. And one simple trick to save millions of litres of water. No one is talking about the toilets, says our guest this afternoon. And the new series of The Crown, our guest today, saying when it first started in 2016, the quality of writing, acting and production was so striking, millions became addicted to it. Now it's utter such and such. Why? And talking high ticket prices yesterday, 800 bucks for Jerry Seinfeld. What musician artist would you pay anything to go to? Kate Bush, the World Cup football final, Tracy Chapman, Brian Adams. Who would it be for you? Text me 2101. I'd love to hear from you uh, on that particular issue. Uh, with uh, us this afternoon, for the very first time on the panel, we have Amy Hines. Now, Amy is a senior consultant at Capital, worked for years in Parliament for senior national MPs, also policy work in the retail sector. Amy, lovely to have you on the panel. Thanks, Wallace. Lovely to be here. Yeah, very good. In our Wellington uh, studio there, Amy Hines, also Simon Pound, uh, Managing Partner Ventures at Previously Unavailable, also host of the Business is Boring podcast. Simon, kia ora. Nice to have you in the studio. Kia ora. Lovely to be here. All right. Yes, so Simon and Amy with us uh, this afternoon. Now, what should you do? I found this fascinating. What should you do if you are under threat from a swooping bird of prey that can fly at 200 kilometres per hour. Should you head for cover or defend yourself? I was uh, uh, at the receiving end of a swooping bird uh, last year with my little boy. It was a magpie, but in this instance we're talking falcons. Um, uh, Kariria, falcons have recently been attacking walkers and mountain bikers in Richmond Hills in Tasman. In one case, a person had some hair pulled out. The Tasman, Tasman District Council is warning people to be aware of these nesting birds. With us is Holly Turner, the manager uh, of Kariaria Falcon Trust. Holly, kia ora. Good to have you on the panel. Kia ora. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I was really fascinated about this, not least because I don't know much about these birds. Why are these falcons acting like this? Uh, well, it's a great question. Um, so Kariaria, they're actually one of 38 different falcon species in the world, but being an endemic species, it means they're unique and only found in New Zealand. Um, they're also a certain species, only a population estimate, estimate around 5,000 to 8,000 birds. And something quite unique to them is the behaviour that they're displaying in Richmond, which is that real defensive, protective parent swooping, dive-bombing behaviour. They're actually known as one of the most bravest and most warrior-like <laughs> because of this behaviour. You often hear their loud uh, piercing kick, kick, kick sound so that's your first sign that you're too close and you've got to get out of there. So 
Yeah, and they will swoop. <laughs> they will swoop. I, I, I was, I was, I, Amy, I was saying that, you know, one we, my little boy had a real year-long episode of being frightened of magpies uh, because of this, you know, oh, the, the, this, uh, the swooping magpies in Blockhouse Bay. Uh, everyone be, be aware. But what about you, Amy? Have you had uh, a bird swoop on you like this? Yeah, look, I think as a Wellingtonian, we get a whole lot of interaction with bird life, so maybe actually we're used to it, you know. Um, you know, any visit to Zealandia, you have a yeah. whole lot of birds sweeping around you. And where I live, you know, we have all the kaka coming off the hills sweeping over our house. So, um, look, I think it's used to it. I mean, maybe as New Zealanders, we need to learn about this more. I mean, if you're Aussie, you're kind of used to having a magpie go at you, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's fair enough, though, isn't it, uh, Holly? I mean, fair call to the Falcons. <laughs> Yeah, fair call. You know, they're just doing what they got to do to protect their babies. And, you know, the the hot take there is you just got to get out of their zone. You know, do they want to spend more time hunting and feeding their chicks instead of chasing away threats? So, yeah, the best thing you can do is give them a wide berth. But if you do ever find yourself in the firing line, a, a nice tip if you're out in the bush is to find a soft leafy branch, something like manuka or kanuka, and tuck it down the back of your shirt so it sticks above your head that's going to give them a safer target for you and them to smack into rather than your face. Um, and then it's not hard, which that could harm the adults as well. That's and we a good idea. don't want any injury to the wild birds. Yeah, yeah, that's a lovely idea. Um, and the idea of maybe, you know, if you hear a kick, 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 you've got to get, get, get. Yeah. <laughs> nice one, Simon. <laughs> that's <laughs> your campaign. Yeah. Oh, fabulous! No, it's um. I, I was actually more. I was really quite. I, I began to be quite fascinated by these birds because I haven't s- seen this falcon or uh, carriera. Uh, what else do we know about them? Uh, you say they're on day. Were they part of this birds competition? Yes. Yeah. So they they are threatened species. But the key threats there is being ground nesting birds. So they they lay their eggs in what's called a scrape, which is a very simple scoop on the ground beautiful but between one to four little speckled brown eggs in there um, but they, again they're very vulnerable so when their chicks hatch out they spend about 38 days until they can fly so it's during that period of time that they could be predated on by cats or mustelids like weasels, stoats and ferrets so that's the main reason as well as um, habitat loss that they're sort of facing um, yeah. uh, being a threatened species yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yet, yet again, um, uh, bring Amy in. Yet again, we see another one of our sort of species being threatened. It's a, it's it's quite a sad indictment, isn't it? And as you say, you live in Wellington there, and you're lucky with the uh, the flora and fauna around you in in the city there. But it's uh, something we'll have to get on top of, huh? Oh, absolutely. I think it's a privilege as New Zealanders. We have so much bird life that's really close that we need to be Mm. aware of it and also understand it and why we can keep it going more. I mean, if it means that, you know, Wallace, your kid's leaving your house with a big branch out the back of it, I'm all for it each day. (laughs) (laughs) Off for his play date, walking to school. I might just do that on my little morning walk to school (laughs) in magpie season. Um, The other, other, uh, finally, Holly, the other reminder, I guess, is that... Um, if you feel that you are attacked by these falcons, um, under no circumstances will you sort of get the rage and attack back because these are threatened birds. Absolutely not. And unfortunately, you know, that's been a real problem for birds of prey around the world, actually, but also for kariaria is those interactions with people where they've unfortunately decided to harm them or shoot them because either they're 
being dive bombed or harming their chickens or pigeons and things like that. So we're a real advocate here at the Trust to help people understand falcons and to understand their behaviours, why they do what they do, and hopefully we can help people love them and want to see them thrive in New Zealand and be out there in the wild and not just on the back of the $20 note. Yeah, they're such magic uh, animals. And we've got such wonderful falcons here. I remember I did a project with um, Yearland's Wine uh, and they were talking about how they tried to, as part of their sustainability initiatives, get a kind of like overgrown guinea pig from South America to eat the grass between the vines so they wouldn't use diesel. And they kept them all in this field in the same places that a a native New Zealand falcon lives uh, near Marlborough. (laughs) And then what they ended up happening was that the native falcons would come, swoop down, pick up these sitting duck guinea pigs, and then fly them off and drop them onto the roofs of the bottling and the winery. (laughs) And so people would just be working, minding their own business, and then they'd hear this, (laughs) (laughs) wa-boom! It's a falcon (laughs) dropped and I've got a uh, guinea pig um, on the roof. People are coming oh, in. Yeah. People, are, uh, people are coming in with your questions. Uh, Holly's not an overall bird yeah, but we're talking about falcons. But someone, Gil says we saw a beautiful falcon glide by a hillside home window a week ago in Mapu near Nelson for the first time ever, and it was fantastic. That's a nice message, Holly. Oh, gorgeous! That is great to hear. I mean, one thing to be aware of as well is. Sometimes if you're looking at a gliding bird, it's a high chance it could be a kahu. So that's the Australasian harrier as well. So it's a bit larger than a falcon and will usually soar around on the thermals. But if you spot sort of a smaller, faster beating uh, wing beat, so more magpie size, that could be the kareria. Good on but you. Very, both very beautiful birds. Oh, to see out. It's really lovely to have you on the program, Holly. Thank you again. You're most welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. That's Holly Turner, manager of the Cardiaria Falcon Trust. That's our uh, native uh, falcon. Never seen one. Never seen one. Um, magic. magic yeah, they're usually, beautiful. Yeah. Even, well, you've even, both seen them. Even yeah. the standard swamp harrier is a beautiful bird. They're just so majestic. Where have I been? Uh, someone says, I was dive bomb just now by a flick of some kind of gull this afternoon on Onoroa Beach while dog walking. Does anyone have any idea what kind of gull would do this? Asks Lou. A, I don't a, an know. angry one? A, yeah. a rude one? <laughs> Something like that, eh? Anyway, uh, it is time for I've Been Thinking and uh, Amy Hines is her first time on RNZ's panel. Nice to have you, Amy. All right, take it away with your IBT. Thanks for throwing it straight to me there, Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I've been thinking is um, about we should stop complaining about local government and we need to set up some boundaries. That means that we have better investment in outcomes for cities. I've always had this idea, for example, that if you're playing off the wants and needs concept, that if councils say had a set amount, 70% of the expenditure, just for a funny figure, you know, that must be no. spent on needs only, like critical infrastructure, roads and pipes. We wouldn't then have the underinvestment we're seeing around the country and create accountable councils as a result. The remaining 30% can go to nice-to-haves. Controversially, I'll include a library as, as a nice-to-have, rainbow crossings or other pet projects as council's wishes. But additionally, this 30% could be leveraged to go to the government and talk about using that across GST within the region because they can get some bit more funding out of that government coffers and the fact of how they can fund. But 
I think the key point here is is that we have to we keep complaining about what's going on in our cities across the country, but we have to think outside the square to gain value for what we're needing for our ratepayers and what we need for our cities over the long term. And hasn't that been the big question in Auckland, particularly with uh, some of your big buildings here like the Wellington Town Hall, water, yeah, and such like. Um, so that's interesting. So uh, uh, Amy talks about a wants versus needs concept, and interestingly, you 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 you, 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 you throw the bomb in straight away. Don't you, Amy? <laughs> with your with libraries in the nice to have. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a big book lover, but I think it's a nice to have now. I mean, probably also because in Wellington we've got a ridiculous amount spent on a giant library. But um, I do think it's a good way to think about those concepts. Right. What are the things that we really do call want as taxpayers, and what are the the bits that are the nice to haves? Two one zero one. Do you agree with Amy? Is a library <laughs> is a library a nice to have? They, All right, very good. They fulfil so many great roles, libraries, don't but they? But is it a nice to have? You can get books somewhere else, can't you? Well, I don't know where you can. They, they help with all kinds of things. But yeah, yeah um, all right. love, love it. Your turn, Simon. Well, coming up to the end of the year, I um, was just thinking about some of like the favourite things of the year and was talking to someone about TV and thought I'd do a little shout-out for uh, the TV show Alone which I'm sure a lot of people have followed, that we, we only got onto it this year as it got onto the TVNZ platform, so it's streaming there free. And the first season of it on there, season seven, is where they have like 10 people who go to the Arctic for a million dollar prize. They get 10 survival uh, um, items and they have to last as long as they can as the Arctic winter sets in. And it sounds like, you know, more kind of, you know, reality TV nonsense and it's got a big American voiceover that makes it sound like it's, um, <laughs> it is going to be pretty silly. But it was the most unexpectedly profound TV show and everyone I've met who's watched it has just been, you know, struck by it as it makes you think about, you know, what's important in life. These people kind of really? like are alone and they um they kind of unravel mentally and physically and they keep diaries where they talk about their thoughts and it ends up being a really kind of weirdly deep experience that makes you think about how lucky we are to live in a world with shops and food and community and uh, penicillin and all of these things. What, is, it, is it like a New Zealand version of Doctor Who or something? Well, they're, or? they're going to do, they're filming and, 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 and releasing one in New Zealand. There's been an Australian one. Um, great to watch Good with the kids. heavens above. Couldn't Al- recommend it enough. Alone. Uh, with us this afternoon, uh, Amy Hines for the first time and Simon Pound on this afternoon's panel. Lots to talk about. Do stay with us.